What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you for uh, checking it out. You can find fresh episodes every Friday coming at you. And you can find them on iTunes and Podomatic and wherever else you can find podcasts, you can find the Dan Cable Presents podcast. And if you want to help support this podcast in a free way, you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes and uh, click write a review and click five stars. And that will help so much. That will help propel the podcast into the tops of those iTunes charts and that will make it more nationally visible and help more strangers find the podcast and give more exposure to the people that come on the podcast and and really just contributes to the sustainability and the growth of this thing. So shout out to all the folks that have, have done so already. And um, I would I just encourage you to to go ahead and, and take the minute to go ahead and do so and you can check out the dan cable presents youtube channel which has a bunch of in-studio performances as well as live show performances a short documentary all kinds of things going on there you can subscribe there as well so you know when the fresh vids hit the uh hit the channel dancablepresents.com is the uh the central location to find everything the new episode always gets uploaded uploaded to the homepage as soon as it goes up on Fridays, and um, yeah, just a good way to kind of link into everything that Dan Cable presents Instagram and at Dan Cable on Twitter and whatnot. How the hell are you out there? It has been a uh, it has been a, a week for me. It has been a week that has left me with a lot to think about. For all those of you that uh, tune into this thing regularly, regularly. Can't even talk. I just just walked in the door from a nine-hour road trip from uh, Sacramento, California, back up here to Portland. Um, yeah, for all those of you that tune in regularly, uh, last week, this past Friday, I I posted a special edition of the podcast, which was uh, remembering my friend, my dear friend, Braden Hamilton. And um, it was just me sharing some some thoughts on um, on his life and, and the time that I got the opportunity to spend with him and and I just got back from from California to go to his funeral down there in the uh, the Sacramento area and yeah I mean spending nine hours in the car both ways uh, leaves you with a lot of time. To, to think about things and and his passing is has left me with with many thoughts um, and and I took away a lot from the experience of of being at his service and I'm so grateful that I was able to be there and get to spend some time with his family and um, and just 
meet all of these people that uh, Braden had an impact on. And I don't know, it's the type of experience that definitely affirms some things for me. And one of those things is that that I'm definitely a believer in something something bigger than myself and whatever you want to call that, if you want to call that God or the universe or whatever term you like to use for it. But it's definitely one of those experiences that was uh, was quite heavy, but, but just left me, like I said, just, just kind of affirm some things and, and in some ways uh, left me in more comfort in regards to, to things. That I think death is, is something I, I seem to think about a lot and a majority of the time it scares the hell out of me and and for being around Brayden it it was one of those things that didn't didn't seem to worry him as much and um to know that he is kind of on the other side now kind of comforts me to know that though you know there will be some other people there on the other side to greet me whenever my time comes and and that is you know what what I choose to believe at this moment and and I think it also just brings up all kinds of other questions for myself like like what is what is this life what is this part of it and and what does it all mean you know if this does lead to another thing after but I think one of my other takeaways from from this whole experience is is that uh, the only thing that we can kind of change is ourselves, and and I just want to continue to live with that mentality and and goal of of kind of getting better every day and trying to be better every day, and we seem to live in this. This crazy culture right now of of uh, of everybody wanting wanting to tell each other that they're wrong and and their way is right and uh, I don't really like it and I don't really fuck with it to be honest with you and I think a majority of it really lacks a lot of compassion and I really think that the the only way that that you can change things around you sometimes is just to to do you and and set the example that way and and hopefully that will become infectious to people if it resonates resonates with them and if it doesn't that's okay because that's their journey and that doesn't mean that they're wrong necessarily and it doesn't mean that you're right because nobody out here is perfect and, and nobody has all of the answers. And and that's one thing I take away from Braden's passing as well. And, and he is just, uh, he gave me a different lens. And I appreciated his perspective. And that was a perspective that uh, didn't necessarily trust people that, that think that they have all the answers and... and I'm about that. And I think this this kind of culture of where we tell people that they're doing things wrong like socially and politically and what and whatnot. I hate to get 
I'm not trying to be up on a soapbox. I'm, I'm just trying to continue through this podcast to to share my observations and and thoughts on this journey. But I think all of this shit that we do, this uh, this kind of crucifying and 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 judging of people whom you don't agree with and um i think all of that shit contributes to to this divide that we have and it and all of that will continue to play into this thing that keeps us from coming together and i think that's how a lot of people want it to be and i think that plays into a a greater plan of of having this divide and whether that's politically or religiously or whatever it may be i think i think that uh i think the powers that be benefit from all that shit in some way and and like i said i just think that that is part of the ultimate plan is to to continue to keep people from from coming together and and I don't think any of that culture contributes to uh, to bringing people together, and contributes to this whole mentality of of oneness. And I know it's hard to live outside of yourself, and and uh, I know it's hard to have compassion for the for the folks that you don't agree with. It's easy to show love for the people that surround you in your echo chamber and and vibe with your ideas it is incredibly difficult to be good to the people that you feel like are doing wrong or doing you wrong and i get it but um i will leave you with this before we get into this wonderful conversation with paul mcdonald um there's a new thrice record out thrice is one of my favorite bands of all time uh, they have a new band called, or a new record rather, called uh, Palms that they're they're touring on right now. Um, you can check out their their tour dates. They're they're all over the place, and I'm incredibly stoked to see them in November. But uh, the first track on that record, um, I think, kind of touches on some of the things I'm talking about, and um, it's called "Only Us." And and the line from from that song that I really dig is. There is no them, there is only us. So that's that. I'm done with the uh the the uh the monologue <laughs> that has uh, gone on here, but yeah, if you want to learn more about uh about Brayton, you can check out the uh the episode from last week and um I'm grateful for all of the things that he has left me thinking about and i find tremendous comfort in knowing that this dude is finally at peace and just a a beautiful celebration of his life with uh his friends and family there this past friday so um yeah shout out to his family once again and I hope that they uh, can keep his spirit alive, and I hope that they uh, they find the peace that they need 
to uh to continue forward and uh from what i take away from the experiences i've had with this family they will they will do just that they were absolutely amazing through this whole thing on friday so much love to the to the hamilton family um all right paul mcdonald everybody paul mcdonald is on the show this week episode 130 i will tell you that uh i i feel extremely fortunate that people continue to send me music and they um they see value in the artists that they are working with that there is a value to doing this podcast and so i just want to thank sarah faccio who uh once again sent me music she she is the reason that i got to do the katie tunstall episode and a couple others in the past so i just want to show my appreciation for sarah and um Sarah sent me Paul McDonald's tunes recently. And I was grabbed right away by his songwriting, especially with the the first track on his record. His new record is called Modern Hearts. It's available on all the streaming services. The first track of it is called New Lovers. And we're going to play that to get the episode going in, in a moment. But uh, as soon as I heard it, I was grabbed by it. And I was like, absolutely I want to talk to Paul. I really dig the songwriting on this record. And I was I was interested in his backstory. I knew that he did the American Idol thing back in 2011. He made it very far, top eight. And um, as you know, previously, if you listen, not that long ago, I had Haley Johnson on. And she also had the American Idol experience. And although that is not my favorite thing the american idol and i i didn't keep up with it i don't usually watch things like that um i think it's very interesting to get to hear about that experience and what it is like firsthand and not what they deliver on the television um so it was it was awesome to talk to paul about that but what i appreciated most about this conversation is the honesty and vulnerability that that paul shows through this conversation and his willingness to open up to me uh as a stranger you know and and get into some some heavy things about relationships and i just appreciated the fuck out of this conversation so much and i don't know i don't always know what's gonna happen you know when i walk into these things with strangers and and how I am going to be received and and what they are going to think of the situation because as I talked with Paul before we got going on the mics a lot of artists have to do these types of media things sometimes they're referred to as junkets um, but sometimes they're just doing local radio and a lot of times they have to do it with people who don't either have I don't want to say that they're they're they just don't do their job of research because 
I don't know what it's like to run a daily radio show. I'm sure it's really hectic and that doesn't leave you with a lot of time to actually do research on people. Um, but I do know that when a lot of times when artists have to do that stuff, they end up in a room talking to somebody that either doesn't give a shit about their music or their art or has done no background work, no, no research or even checked out the music. And I've tried, I have tried my damnedest with this podcast to only bring people on it that I can genuinely talk about their tunes. And that doesn't mean I have to love all of their music. Like, I just want to respect them as a musician so that when we chat, I can passionately say, hey, I really fucking love this song, man. I love what you did here. And that was the reason Paul came on, like I had Paul on this podcast is because I listened to his music and I appreciated the vulnerability and honesty of his lyrics and the content. And uh, he was the same in this conversation. So I guess, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that it's just really awesome when somebody like Paul walks into the room and and has a good attitude towards the thing from the beginning because as he and I talked about like I said before the 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 conversation got going you know there are a lot of situations where these people have to do these interviews with people that don't really give a shit or have the time to care about what they're actually doing so uh yeah shout out to Paul McDonald man this is a this was just a really awesome conversation and I was it's just one of those things where I walked away a little blown away after in, in another one of those conversations that filled me up so much. I love, I love getting to do this so much. It's, it's been amazing and it's, there's so many opportunities that I've been given for it. And that doesn't mean that there's any monetary value to what I do now, but it's, it's honestly comes back to that value is in the experience thing. And, and I really dig talking with people, whether they're strangers or people that I know a bit or, or close friends. I, I dig the experience of sitting down with somebody, especially on these mics, with the intent to explore um, where they come from and where, where their art comes from. So, so thank you for, uh, once again, to all the people that continue to listen to this podcast. Thank you to the new listeners that are maybe checking this thing out because they know who Paul McDonald is. I will make sure to put all of the the links in the uh, in the episode notes so that you can keep up with Paul. I'll put his Instagram and um, his like I said, his music is available on on all the platforms. I know this intro is getting a little long. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into things and uh, yeah, I hope. I hope y'all are doing well and, and much love to, uh, to those who are struggling and much love to those who are not and, and make sure you, uh, give your friends big hugs and tell them you love them and make sure you leave a damn iTunes review. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You don't have to, but, uh, seriously, it's, it's, uh, 
It's incredibly helpful, and that's why I talk about it every week. All right? We're doing it. I can't believe we're doing episode 130. Episode 130. This is uh, this is my lovely conversation with Paul McDonald, and we're kicking it off with one of my favorite songs off of his uh, new record, which is called Modern Hearts. And uh, the, the first track off the record that, w- that we're going to get into right now, this is New Lovers. Let's do it. I don't understand It don't make no sense But you don't have to, baby Yeah, when it feels like this I can hear your heart Beating on top of mine We're on the same wavelength Yeah, we're running on the same time Yeah, I wanna get For the first time in a long time, I'm feeling alright And I wanna get stoned Off that look in your eyes, you'd say I'd never let go I'd give all my life just for a moment with you Doing all the things that new lovers do
You ready to roll on this, Paul ready McDonald? To, ready to roll, brother. Ready to get into this. Let's um, do it, man. Yeah, stoked to hang out with you here a little bit at the uh, the Doug Fur before your show tonight. This is uh, yeah, definitely one of the what I recognize as one of the coolest venues in in the country. I think. Dude, I absolutely agree with you on that. And yeah. I know this is your first time, first, first time, time yeah. through. First and time through. Yeah. I'm stoked. I got to uh, I got to hear just a, a short sound check. Cool. Um, man. And I got to hear you play uh, New Lovers. Yeah, yeah, which is New Lovers. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite tracks off the record. Thank and, you. Thank and you. And pretty much my introduction to your music, you know, like I'm cool. I, I am I'm new to to your tunes. It's great, man. But yeah. as soon as I got sent um, this new record of yours, yeah. and that's the that's the opening track, and it was it hooked <laughs> me in quick, man. Cool, cool, cool. Yes, yeah, it, like especially once. It just gets so anthemic. Absolutely, it's it starts off with a stripped down acoustic thing to kind of suck you in, just with the vocal and acoustic, and then and then we bring in like the back, you know, we got the gospel singers. It's a big sound, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to take it back before we jump into cool, like cool, modern hearts and and kind of dive into that a little bit. But um, when did you start playing music, man? Oh man, I, it's been a while now. Uh, I got my first guitar when I was 15 years old. Um, my parents bought me a, a guitar for Christmas, and at the time, I was super, in, I've always been super into music. My parents kind of raised me on cl- a lot of classic rock and singer-songwriters, uh, Jackson Brown, Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, that kind of uh, style of things. And, uh, and as I got into uh, elementary school, middle school, you know, I immediately gravitated. I think the first, the first CD that I got, one of my, one of my buddies had an older brother at school and, uh, and we were, I think I was in third or fourth grade and he, and he like snuck into like the playground, Green Day Dookie. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude. That's, that's, oh, that's, that's so money. I know that you and I are pretty much the same age. So yeah. like that Green Day Dookie album <laughs> is, that was one of the first CDs I had, and definitely like one of those oh, like man. huge records that kind of just blew everything it blew open. Blew everything open. I remember like opening up and just memorizing all the lyrics, you know, going through, dissecting the album art, you know, like all the things, and I was just going, "Damn, like uh, this is cool," you know, this is like something that my parents aren't listening to, yeah, and, right. like you know, I was like, "All right." And then, uh, and I can somehow convince my mom to take me to like the used CD place, and and I was in fourth grade, and that thing's got parental advisory all over yeah, it. And I was yeah. like, "Mom, please, please!" <laughs> I and promise she, it's just like Longview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah man, but uh, she for some reason bought it for me, and I remember just soaking that in, and and then starting to dive into other, other you know Nirvana. I'm, I think the second disc I got was an Oasis tune or a, Oasis. What's the story? Of Morning Glory. Yeah. So just a lot of like a. Uh, dove down that path but i didn't I, I was always a music lover and i didn't really think that i was going to be a musician ever uh, until my parents got me that that guitar and, and i learned a few chords and started writing songs uh before i even started learning songs i learned a few chords and i was like oh whoa now i can now i can like write songs uh which i think is backwards from a lot of folks uh um, but yeah, it was a way to express myself and I started writing from then and then it just kind of grew, you know, turned from a hobby into like a full-time thing. Yeah. Was anybody else in your family musical at all? Nobody's musical. No, my, my mom is an occupational therapist. Uh, she's a, she's just got her doctorate now. So she's a college professor and my dad's a psychologist. So both very smart people, but, uh, 
Yeah, definitely have not walked down this path of of pursuing music as a career. Yeah, and when they when I I dropped out of school with like two classes left, I majored in biomedical sciences. I went to uh, Auburn University and dropped out with two classes left because our band was like touring, and uh, and I was like, I'm a rock star. This is what I'm doing, (laughs) you know. know, uh, But um, but yeah, they've been super supportive over the years, and there's been a handful of like really cool shows. Uh, like I got to sing one in LA, hop up on stage with Crosby, Stills and Nash, and, and like, and that was I was like, man, they taught, they showed me this, and here yeah. I am on stage. And there's been a few moments like that over the years where or they came out and saw me do Bonnaroo or a handful of these cool festivals, and they're just like, oh yeah, you know. So yeah, those up, are those man. kind of crazy like full circle moments. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and they've been real supportive. But that's how it all that's how it all started, you know. Uh, and then in college, uh, I start, we had a I had a band. I was just writing songs uh, around at house parties and playing just for fun. And someone saw me at a house party and said, um, "Hey, like, uh, you want to play? You want to play a bar? You want to do?" And I was like, "Wait, wait, wait a second! I can do that." They said, "Yeah, we'll give you free drinks. We'll pay you." Uh, I was like, "What? That's a thing?" You know? So <laughs> yeah. So like, all, like since getting that guitar, like at fifteen, kind of up to that point, you you kind of were just doing it. I was a huge fan for fun. Yeah, and and for with sure. no ambition or like no. understanding that you could even no. do something like that no i was i was like the way i was raised like the arts were not like a, not a career path it was like all right i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna get a degree then i'm gonna go do that and then you know kind of just the normal kind of situation uh that a lot of my pals ended up doing after college and then once i got to college and started like i remember i took out some money all of my all of my like life savings at the time to buy a PA system, a teeny PA system that probably cost like a thousand bucks or something. And my and my dad was like, "What are you doing?" And I, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, "Dad, just wait, man. This is awesome." And like, and for some reason, the first few gigs we had enough friends that showed up at the shows that we made I think six hundred bucks the first night. It was me and my buddy, and I, and and in college, just like a twenty one year old kid, I was like, "What? We just got six hundred bucks for free?" Like, and we're drinking. Not, we got plenty of drinks. All the girls that normally would never look at us, all of a sudden are talking to us. Like, what's going on here? Uh, and I remember calling the next night. We made like a grand the next night, and and I, and I called him and I said, "Hey, at like two in the morning after the gig," and was like, um, "Yo, that PA is paid off." <laughs> gig number two, and he was like, "What?" You know. Uh, so yeah, I've done a few of those all or nothing kind of hail mary uh, passes for for the music man but knock on wood man it's it seemed to work out so far you know yeah and i guess it it was like those types of experiences then playing those shows that kind of for sure had yeah. it start to like click in like absolutely man yeah. maybe this is yeah. what i want to do or what i'm like really meant to do of outside course. of just kind of following this this straight and narrow path of going to college yeah, and getting a job yeah. and uh, I, fe- I felt like it was more, um, you know, I feel like all of us are trying to find like a purpose, like, like what are we here for? And I, and I remember like doing, not to get heavy or anything or do please deep, do. Please you do. know, yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's like, the, I, I remember like after a few shows going like, man, I've never been able to connect with, with this many people in this, in this uh, on this level before, just, just, you know, I'm writing down uh, my feelings and the way that I am, you know, questioning life and love and all these challenges that we all go through. Uh, and, and, and folks will come up and say like, oh man, that song you wrote, like that's, that's for me, you know? And it's like, 
it's real hard for me to, you know, uh, and, and, and to open up to that many people and stuff. It was kind of like, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, even if I'm not, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen or this and that, like, it, 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 I'm still connecting on a level here. And if I keep doing this, you know, then maybe eventually I'll be able to, like, sustain myself and do this for a living. And, you know, and that's success, I guess. You know? Yeah, man. I th- I think we're all you know, looking for things to cling on to. Yeah. And so when you go, I mean, I know for myself, there is a specific type of music and it's probably, you know, in your realm of music, the singer songwriter, stuff like that, that when I go see that music, you know, I I am looking for like other people's truths and, and and how I can connect to those things. For sure. And, and I think, you know, when people say something that, that resonates with you, of course. It yeah. makes you feel feel better and it yeah. makes you feel not so alone in a situation. Uh, of, and, of course. Yeah. And obviously you know that because you, you've listened to those records yeah. and seen those people oh, do it before you. For sure, you know, and that's the whole deal. It's like, a, yeah, trying to connect with something sincere and honest and real. And those are my favorite artists. Like I said, no matter what genre, if they're doing it for the right reason and, and expressing themselves in a way, man, it's going to hit and connect, you know, because it's real, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um when you got that that guitar, were you very quick to kind of start writing your own songs opposed to going this route of like learning a bunch of covers? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, I learned a few chords, like, uh, and I learned them. Strange enough, uh, fifteen years old, there was like a youth group after after school, after football practice. You know, fifteen year old kid, like, uh, I would go to this youth group thing with my buddies and. Uh, and there was a few guys that played guitar, you know? I mean, it was like GCD church songs, but I was still like, oh, cool, show me those shapes. Yeah. You know, this was before the internet, and you could look up tabs and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember learning a few chords, and then I went home and, and was like, cool, now I can do it. Like, I don't, uh, you know, you can learn. At that point in time, I think the church songs that I was learning were all, like, I could learn a medley of 20 songs with those three chords, man, or whatever. So I... So I after I got bored of like, you know, all right, cool, I know I can play at the youth group and j- jam all these songs, I would just start writing writing music, man. And uh, and that was what uh, filled me the most, I guess, uh, was, was creating my own music, you know. Yeah, and just um, surrounding yourself with some folks that, that kind of yeah, believed the, the, in those tunes yeah, and wanted to absolutely. be a part of them as yeah, well. I think I immediately, I mean, as soon as I learned, I learned like, you know, the first batch of three chords, I like... Uh, I called up my buddies and like let's start a band, you know, like that was like, uh, and and it was right in our own material, you know, as like kids, uh, and that was always where my head was with it. Uh, first and foremost, because I probably was, uh, I wasn't really ever that great at at learning other people's songs, or if I did, it would sound like my version of that song, and people would be like, ah, it sounds like you doing that song. Like, why don't you, your other songs are better, almost. And I'm going like, well, they're not better, but like, they sound more like me, you know? Um, And I guess I just kind of stuck with that in my gut and kind of followed it, you know? Yeah, I feel that. I'm I'm still, you know, like kind of in that same boat as as like a songwriter (laughs) myself. Like, it's... I don't know. It just it usually doesn't feel right when I'm trying to yeah, like play yeah. these covers, and you know, you watch other people do them so well, and and then I'm just like, man, this isn't this isn't where it's at yeah, for me. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. This doesn't need to be included in a set or for sure, <laughs> really. For sure. 
And, and there's, I mean, there's, there's songs that I love and I gravitate towards, and, and on occasion I'll like, they've, they've kind of digested so much in me that I almost feel like they're my own song, and, and those songs I'll cover, like I'll do, uh, I'll do some Stone songs on occasion, and like uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, I did Atlantic City, I've done, I've done a handful of them over the years that like, I played them enough times doing those early college bar gigs that I'm like, yeah, man, I, this kind of feels in it, like my own thing, you know? Yeah, um, I know you're you're out playing solo on the yeah, on these dates yeah. is is that something you have to approach the set differently when you're playing by yourself opposed oh. to having a, a band behind you i mean yeah absolutely yeah of course um you know it's a different art form uh you know when you're up there with just with an acoustic guitar uh, and i'm not doing any any tricks or anything with it i'm just you know going direct in and playing playing and singing you know there's no loops or uh, or kind of crazy pedals or any of that stuff. It's just very ar- organic and raw. Um, and I think that when you do that, you have to connect with the audience. Uh, it takes a little bit more uh, of a communication, and you kind of uh, approach these shows more of a, a conversation where, with, the, with the audience. And, like, this is what this one's about. You know, like, this is how where my head was when I wrote this song. So they can kind of go, oh, even if I don't know this guy's music, man, like, I know that feeling and I know what he's talking about there. So now I, I'll listen because it's more about the lyric and the melody as opposed to when I have a band, I can just jump around and kind of make Jagger it. And I've got the sounds like the record sounds big, man. And normally when I, when I travel with the guys, it's like, it's a party, man. It's a different energy than, than, than you'll see tonight, man. And I love that. Uh, the goal is to get to that level. So, uh, where I can start bringing my guys out full time and, and doing that. And then whenever I want to break it down and, and do the stripped down thing and storytelling, it kind of gives it a moment in the set where people can go, Oh, that's cool. You know? Uh, yeah. I very, I very much always have appreciated the, the people that, that do take advantage of just being out there by themselves and, and telling some stories. Yeah. You know? yeah, because yeah, yeah. like you said, I think it is just like a great way to connect with people and, and, and kind of like the, some of the purpose behind this podcast, you know, like week to week music is, is much different from, from hip hop to, cool. to rap and jazz and, and, and singer songwriters like yourself. And, and I, I'm aware that not everybody is going to enjoy the music week to week, but hopefully the conversation with that person will give them a little more insight and a little more understanding and maybe a little more reason to listen to the music differently. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, you know, people don't have to like my music, you know. Uh, it's it's not a, you know, I'm sure p- p- people have their own taste, you know. Uh, but but a, a lot of times, a lot of songs and a lot of um, music comes from the same place you know it's just spoken in a different voice you know and maybe they can understand my voice at least and kind of know where my head and heart is at like you know as i'm writing these jams you know yeah and hopefully just respect that you're you're out here yeah, doing this yeah, thing doing you know it. making yeah, your you own know? path and, yeah and for sure on this journey it's or, a grind man it's a constant flow of ups and downs and yeah it's a lot of work doing you know being being an artist you know man yeah it's never yeah. it's never like steady no never steady, you never know man. like as soon as you think you got it going on it's like you know back you know I, I over like i said i've been doing it for about a decade man or a little or over a decade now man and there's been moments uh where it's like 
you're doing really cool things like uh, there's just you're like oh my god but then then uh you know you're flying around doing uh, arenas or you know really special gigs you know shows that, that you invite your parents out to those kind of shows you know and then there's moments where you know in the middle of nowhere playing to the sound guy or to 10 10 people you know there's there's always going to be good shows and bad shows and that's the journey of it all you know uh but the the goal is to you know be 75 years old and have a pile of art that I've created in life and you know rich or poor that's not the goal it's uh it's to keep making art and inspiring people you know that's cool man because I was you know we got there's an there's an empty Doug fur out there right now and and I was kind of walking around the venue which it's always a weird it's always a trip being like, <laughs> yeah. like for, especially for somebody that's been to a venue a bunch of times but never seen what it's like when it's empty oh, yeah. and like oh, some yeah. of the house lights are on that don't come on when Absolutely, you're when you're yeah. there for a show and they always have like an interesting energy but it was it was cool kind of just walking over to the merch table and 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 seeing how much stuff you do have oh, and, you yeah. know like yeah. just just talking about what you were just talking about is as far as you know down the road hopefully you're just gonna have this pile of stuff, pile and, of stuff. and you already do man yeah. like you you walk over to that merch table it's like man paul mcdonald has like five records over yeah, here yeah. you know and then that's yeah. that's really cool man because that's that's kind of there forever absolutely you know uh man it was interesting i was i was hanging out with my dad uh like i said he's a psychologist in alabama uh and he just he just took over like uh his his office space and and so uh he was remodeling the spot and kind of getting it you know looking up to par and uh and i like on occasion doing a little bit of that interior like painting and, and all that kind of like uh you know rebuilding homes and shit like that just for fun man uh and so he was like you want to help me paint i was like hell yeah yeah man let me come down it gives me an excuse to hang out and uh and we got together and did that and um oh shit man now now i forgot what we were talking about man Uh, Uh, oh yeah oh yeah the records all the albums yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and so uh so uh we were digging through stuff and i found like his first dissertation from from when he was in you know got his phd in school and stuff and i was like damn dad this is from like you know back in the day this this was your first album man yeah and he was like what and i was like yeah dude this is like my 2005 like high tide blues ep like what's cool is that i continue to have those and you look back in different chapters of life and it's a beautiful thing to go like man i wonder what i was thinking when i was 20 years old well i can put on that record and go like oh shit yeah that's uh, that's it's i don't even recognize that kid anymore but like that's where my brain was at, and it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. And I just I just love the idea of of having these types of things to to document. A, yeah, a yeah, life if, and, and, yeah. You know, to have yeah. those records or to to have these podcasts or, or whatever, you know. Absolutely, like, just make stuff, man. Just keep creating, like. Some of it's people are gonna love. Some of it people are gonna hate. Some of it, some of it people won't even see, or, or it'll just go away. Yeah. Like, but it's like, man, just keep creating and making cool shit, and like that you're proud of, you know. And that's that's what I'm trying to do, you know. And uh, and one of these days, maybe I'll catch one of these songs that'll, you know, that that'll turn turn it into a thing where a whole lot more folks are coming to the shows, or you know, or maybe they won't. But it's but I'm still making stuff. Yeah, man, and you know? hopefully, you know, you're proud of what you're making and, Always, and, and yeah. what and you know you feel good when you when you are creating it of course like nonetheless yeah. you know yeah yeah I'm, I'm making it for for myself you know like uh and in return when you do that it's it's for everyone else because it's re- it's sincere you know yeah i know in in 2011 
you uh you had a pretty deep run on american idol <laughs> yeah 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 and i had a friend recently on the podcast her name's Haley johnson cool and and she i think the year after no you, way you she did it she yeah. also went pretty deep oh yeah like man that top 24 how did how did that american idol experience like inform or or kind of shape well, what would happen after you for 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 your career you know it's a good question um that was an unbelievable experience, you know, something um, that kind of, I was young. I mean, in the sense, I, I, I thought I knew who I was and, you know, I've, as we you know, all do yeah, when we're, when yeah, we're 22 yeah, yeah, or 23. For sure, you know, man. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, I know who I am. This is what I want. And I came into that thing. Like I just, I, I was, I was touring, uh, I was in a band called the Grand Magnolias and, and my last show prior to, the American Idol stuff was like a New Year's show with Dawes and Truth and Salvage Company. And I was on tour with like, it was a, us and a band called The Revivalists that are doing yeah. huge stuff. So like, that's where, that was where my music was prior to American Idol. I was with those, that, those kind of groups that still are, are pals and inspire me. Uh, but when I did that, everyone was going like, oh my God, Paul's doing TV. This is hilarious, man. Uh, and, and I thought that I had it all together, but man, when you hop into something like that, especially when you're used to traveling around a 12-passenger van, playing small clubs and stuff, and all of a sudden it opens up to not only like, um, not only just all these doors open and you have a whole lot of hands reaching on you, telling you what to do and, hey, this is what, your voice is here, man. Let's let's put you up with this producer and this and that. It's kind of hard to, like, to navigate that. You have to be really, really strong inside. And, and I tried my best to do that. But, uh, but there was definitely moments, like, I mean, there was one moment on that show, I remember, where uh, Gwen Stefani and P. Diddy were, like, the stylist of the week. And I've kind of always dressed the same, you know. Uh, I remember I think that was one time I, I walked on the show and I, I was wearing a, a white rhinestone suit that I had custom built for, for me when I was out doing the Grand Mag stuff. And I remember the, the stylist, Ryan Seacrest's stylist, was like, damn, son, where did you get that, man? <laughs> it was another one of those, I'm going to pull out my life savings yeah. to make a rhinestone suit and you're like, instead of a PA. this is me, this is yeah, mine. Yeah, this is what I'm doing, man. Uh, and there was, uh, and that week when P. Diddy came in and Gwen Stefani and stuff, uh, they were trying to style everyone. And I remember he tried to toss me in like these giant jeans and like a, an oversized, and I was just like, man, you know, like, I appreciate it, but man, this is like, it's... I want I respect you as an artist, you know, completely, but like you also need to respect me as an artist and like I wouldn't do this, you know, with with my stuff. And there's a lot of that kind of push and pull because you know, a lot of folks that do that show have not been touring and have records out prior, so they're a little bit easier to 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 push around yeah, and mold, and kind you know? of form and yeah, yeah, it's like, "All right, cool, here's what you are. Let's push you into this and box you up and send you out." And um and you know, to an extent, you, you have to do a little bit of that. I mean, uh, but you also have to take it, you know, as a grain of salt and just go like, man, this is ridiculous. This is unbelie an, an unbelievable opportunity. Like, I'm singing with Tom Jones in an all-white tuxedo doing boy band moves <laughs> in front of 23 million people. Like, this is ridiculous, Having dude. Steven Tyler and J-Lo yeah. and Randy Ste Jackson yeah. just, like, dude, we were judging what you're like, doing. Yeah, I was going like, man, you can't judge art. And anyways, I'm singing other people's songs as well. But, like, uh, we're all different. And I made it to, I got eighth place on that show. But but in, in the scheme of it, like, I won for for my thing you know like there was no one like me it was uh, that's what was kind of cool about the year i did it was uh 
you know, there was more of an R&B, more of like a, a metal guy that was like country singers, uh, kind of reggae. And it was like, man, this is such a unique thing that I, I would never like get to meet these kind of artists in the world that I'm in, you know, in the Bonnaroos and like the club yeah. circuit. Like, so I got to meet a whole lot of folks and, uh, and work with amazing producers like Don Waz and like, I just got thrown into this like way before I was ready. And it was like, whoa, you either got to learn how to do it uh, or you sink, you know, sink or swim and that kind of stuff. But it also gives you perspective, man. Yeah. Um, and you go, cool, I know what it's like now to to work with, with the top tier folks, at least, at least a pinch, you know. It was never on my own terms, you know, because I was going in and, um, and cutting other folk songs and it wasn't a normal kind of studio situation uh, as I'm used to like making my own record and stuff. Yeah, I would also imagine it kind of gave you a better idea of like, oh, like maybe this isn't, you know, like yeah. I, I want a little more creativity uh, like, absolutely. and a little more yeah. input on what I'm doing. And like, this is a great experience, but it it, it doesn't fit me necessarily. For sure, yeah. Uh, I know on one of your performances, didn't you do uh, Come Pick Me Up from oh, yeah, Ryan, Adams? Ryan Adams? Is that is that something you actually got Dude, pushed I, in there? Because yeah, I don't oh, know when I, when I was like I don't know I was kind of like going through that little oh, yeah, they have that yeah. like that thread of of you singing like each song or oh, whatever. Yeah, I was just yeah, kind of yeah. fucking around checking that yeah. out last night just <laughs> yeah, to like dude. get a little more informed on on like that experience because you know I'm def I know you probably you know like you said those guys kind of giving you shit or or oh, being of course. like dude, I know, got mad hate for yeah, all that shit dude. but like, but my, yeah. like and and I bring it up because I think it's such an interesting experience you yeah, know like it it's is. not something yeah. that like yeah. I look down upon or like those people that that get to that stage like I think that it's it's incredible and and I think it, it's I always I always like want to take advantage of getting to talk about it too because I th- I feel like what people see on TV is 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 not what the show no. is you know they're they're seeing the performance of it but of course don't really yeah. understand the inner workings of, a, of yeah, what's going on behind it for sure yeah yeah I mean it's a lot uh, it's a TV show man you know at the at the end of the day it's a TV show so a lot of it's scripted and. Um, you know, it's it's hard work, man. They had us working all the time. And, like, uh, I just remember um, there was one moment in the show that kind of shifted my my brain. It was like, all right, cool. It's not so much about what I thought it was about. I didn't know anything about it when I when I went into it, man, at all. Like, I kind of got thrown in. Um, my guitar player, uh, or I guess my bandmate at the time, his girlfriend was on a show called So You Think You Can Dance. She's a brilliant, brilliant uh, dancer. And she still does it. She was out with Lady Gaga doing all, you know, she's she's a pro. And I remember her going like, Paul, you should you should do this American Idol thing. Like, my buddies who produce the show also do this thing. And I was like, hell no, dude, I ain't doing that, man. Like, that's somehow I ended up, you know, doing it and, and going further than I thought. But it opened up, you know, I, mean, I don't know, you know. Uh, yeah, man. It's an interesting thing. It's a show, man. Yeah. There, there was a moment there where, uh, where, uh, we were suppo- I was supposed to be in the studio recording a tune, and Russell Brand shows up, uh, you know, to get to give us advice because he had a movie to promote about him being a, a rock star. Yeah, get him to the Greek. I'm yeah. assuming it's yeah. probably right yeah. around that time. And, so. Yeah, and so he was like a fake rock star in this thing, and then all of a sudden, like Russell, I was in the studio trying to get this thing done before it goes out to millions of people. It was a Johnny Cash cover I was doing. And I remember they were like, Paul, you, you have two minutes to talk to the producer. They're going to build the track and then, and then you come back. And I was like, wait a second. So I have to leave like the actual art making process to go get 
you know, lectured by Russell Brand, who is not a real rock star. Yeah. Uh, he is. He's, he's an artist he's, in his own he's right. A, he's a brilliant, he's... brilliant artist. But he was like, "Here's how you got to do it if you want it." And I was just going, "He's here to promote a movie, dude." And like, <laughs> and we're just here, like the art part. And that was when I kind of was like, "All right, I can see for what this is." And 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 it opened up some amazing doors, and I get to meet some phenomenal people and work with some stuff. But it's a show, man. At the end of the day, you know. For sure, man. Uh, I appreciate you indulging me and just kind of talking about that a little bit. I just always find it very interesting. But uh, let's dip into uh, another track off this new this new Modern Hearts cool, record, man. man. This is uh, this is a track I really dig called "How Long." You haven't taken pills to wake me up and give me that good feeling. Tell me find some reason then you're leaving To help me understand where it went wrong And I've been giving in To all the people constantly shit-talking Behind my back I said it, I'm not falling But in my heart I'm sinking like a stone can you tell me how long, how long till I learn from my mistakes? How long will I pretend that things are going my way? Yeah, how long? Can you tell me how long, how long can I flow without a change? How long till I learn to love the rain away? Yeah, how long? Can you tell me how long, how long, how long till I learn to love again? How long, how long does it take to comprehend? to make a mess Well I try and think it over But I overthink it over so Maybe that's my problem Maybe that's even wrong You ain't used to being honest Well I can only be sincere and I was never good at acting Should know by now I've never been Can you tell me how long, how long till I learn from my mistakes? How long will I pretend that things are going my way? Yeah, how long? Can you tell me how long, how long can I float without a change? How long till I learn to love the right way? Yeah, how long? Can you tell me how long? How long, how long does it take to comprehend? How long, how long does it take to make a man? Does it take to make a man? Tell me how long does it take? 
Yeah, man. Talk to me. Talk to me about that. How long track? Oh man, how long was a song that I that I wrote with my producer on this last record? Uh, his name's Jordan Lennon, br- a brilliant songwriter, brilliant producer that's worked with a lot of um, you know great great artists over the board, man. But uh, that was one we had kind of pieced together a lot of the songs I had written, and we were still looking. We were like, man, we should, we probably need a few more songs. So uh, let's try to write one in this in this vein. And I remember we hopped up, and uh, he kind of had this this track almost built together with were with these cool arp licks like you know uh and i remember we sat down on the piano and uh and, and started writing it and uh i was coming out of a divorce man i mean like uh and i was really in a, a dark headspace and uh and we were just kind of talking about how long it takes uh to, to get out of that you know like uh the time it takes to heal uh, in a sense man like to get through it and, like how long does it actually take just questioning you know uh and and we wrote that song real quick you know about that idea how long does it take uh before you're before you're back to normal kind of idea man and um and it's and it's the same chords over and over again it just builds 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 and then it's out you know uh yeah, was there some that in particular that made you want to work with Jordan on this on this record? Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, as we're talking right before we hopped into this. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Raylan Baxter. Yeah, we you were know? geeking out on Raylan. Raylan, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, dude, he's he's a beast. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raylan's <laughs> the man. Uh, and we've since you know uh, he lives in my neighborhood, man. We bump at each other on occasion, man. So we're pretty pretty decent pals, I guess. And he co-wrote a song in the record as well, man. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so I reached out to a buddy uh, who who did his last record. Uh, his name's Eric Massey, and he lives over in the East Side as well. And we uh, and because uh, I wanted, I loved his record so much that I wanted uh, that kind of a similar team and that energy to go into it. And uh, and we talked, and we almost we almost hopped on board. But uh, at the last minute, he started working on a Miranda Lambert record that that ended up doing great things and won him all kinds of awards and gave him a bunch of notoriety, which is which is really cool. But for some reason, uh, Jordan was one of the guys in all my favorite records that had kind of existed there it was always Eric and Jordan was a piece of it and I was kind of going all right man well like I really I want Jordan involved as well and then when when Eric kind of dipped out I started talking more to Jordan and he's worked with a bunch of a bunch of great folks he's a great arranger so he had done like Rodney Crowell and another guy named Andrew Combs a brilliant singer-songwriter and a lot of these just really cool sounds and he's so musical and smart and 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 I needed a brain like that to go with my kind of spacey uh, to kind of I was like man this guy we I, th- I feel like we're gonna team up and and shit's gonna really get done with him and uh, yeah he convinced me to you know it's like how far you want to take this you know and at this moment in time I was like this record is is everything you know I lost I lost my you know my girl my house all this shit dude and and, and the divorce and i was like back to living in five points over in east nashville driving my mom's minivan i went from like perched up in a big ass mansion in in the hills you know uh married to a movie star to driving my mom's minivan my dog was like taking shits all over my house i was just i was like what's happening just man? life knocking you on your ass yeah, and kind of grounding kept you on, like <laughs> punching me in the gut over and over and i was like and i'm sure we've all had those moments where it was just like when is this shit gonna stop man um uh but he he came in at the perfect time man and convinced me like you know, let's go up to Echo Mountain and and bring in these heavy hitters and uh, these these guys to to make the record and uh, yeah. And I wanted to make something like I said that that 
at the end of the day, you know, I was really proud of it. And, and you know, if it had success in a way of, um, you know, tons of people hearing it or, or, if, or, if, or if it was more of an under the radar thing, I was at least like, this is the best that I can possibly do with the best guys, man. And, and yeah, Jordan is super inspiring. You, you'll hear a whole lot about him in the next few years. He's constantly putting out great stuff. So, uh, did you did you write songs with other people aside from Raylan yeah, on this record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the whole idea with this record because I'm used to being in bands. Like uh, the last the last record that I did with my ex, uh, her name's Nikki Reed. She's an actress, really talented artist in general. But uh, but how we did that record was, you know we were the two people in the band so we'd write it together and then with the Grand Magnolias I would write the songs with the guys in the group and it was kind of like alright um, now I'm here all by myself I kind of need some friends man so like maybe I try this co-writing thing in Nashville and, and start kind of branching out and and learning you know uh, and the first people I kind of teamed up with in town was a dude named Daniel Tashin, he, and he just produced the Casey Musgraves new record you know which is brilliant. Uh, him and Ian Fitchak. I got teamed up with like, you know, these amazing. Pe- as soon as I came into town, like I just the doors kind of opened to these amazing creative people, you know, um, and I just started writing as much music as I could, you know, and kind of experimenting with producers with sounds because I was an open book at that point. I had options. It was like, man, what makes me feel the most cozy? If I put a synthesizer on this song, uh, and uh, I could put a dobro on this song, like it changes genres completely. Like what makes me feel like me? And it took me a few years and a few hundred songs to get to that point of like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel cozy, you know? Like let's let's do it this way. So yeah, I wrote a, a, a ton of songs with a tons of tons of people. So this was really like kind of my greatest hits over three years, man. Like I kind of pieced them from different spots. And that's also why a few of the songs kind of go in and out uh, of vibes because uh, I kind of handpicked a bunch of my favorite songs out of the batch, you know. Yeah, but you were also seems like you were able to maintain like this nice cohesive. Absolutely, yeah. That was feel, the, yeah. That, that was that was the goal, you, you know. Didn't, you uh, didn't make something that feels like it's all over the place. You know? No, 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 for sure. And that was like the main the idea behind it because it, the the point of view comes from the same place and the, and the and the voice is there. I'm, I'm everything is is there and it's also we tracked it live with with the band so it was like here's the songs here's the demos yeah this one has this on it but like let's strip it down bare bones a lot of the songs i would sit down and just play them acoustic on guitar to the guys when we got there and was like hey this is kind of where we want it and we built it as a group as a band i wanted to make a band record because i love uh I, I love the camaraderie and the uh you know I, I just love creating with other people man yeah there's also just a Something about the energy and the feel of, course, of a record yeah. that's made with, with kind of that yeah, vibe real, and, and yeah, those live real. takes and, and kind of taking yeah. as much you, as you can from those live takes and For then sure. doing those overdubs. Absolutely, man. And that's how we did it. Yeah, we, we, we did a week at Echo Mountain Studios. And I heard about that place through uh, a few other of my buddies. Uh, uh, dude, Ryan, who plays in the band Band of Horses, they've done some records there. Like, I, And just everyone that I had heard, my buddy Cree Harrison, a brilliant singer-songwriter, uh, kind of a country uh, zone. She she just cut a record there with the same team, and I was just like, man, I need to get out of town and bring 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 the guys out with me so they're not distracted by kids, wives, girlfriends, and, and let's just, you know, 
zone out as a group, man, and, and create a record that we all feel is special, something bigger than all of us, man. That was the goal, you know? Yeah, do you, do you think because you were going through much so, so much shit while yeah. writing this record, the divorce and whatnot, that you reach kind of this new level of vulnerability through these tunes? Of course, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's moments that's like, listening back to to this record, uh, you know, there's moments where, where I'm like, shit, I cannot believe I wrote that song, man. Like, you know, I hope I don't ever have to write those kind of songs again, man. Uh, you know, because, yeah, that that was, uh, I'm very open. Like, wh whatever I'm feeling is kind of what I write about. Wherever I'm at, uh, wherever my headspace is, that's kind of where I go. And yeah, during during this record, Modern Hearts, it was like, it was all coming out of something. I was just a crazy person, man. Uh, crazy enough to write hundreds of songs about it. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, and once once you're happy and moving along and, and touring and kind of get your your strength back, it's a little bit harder to to be constantly just uh, pouring out. You know, right? Because you got other things to pour it out on. You got you, you're doing live shows and you, you're kind of touring around. I got a new girlfriend now. You know, that's fun. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Do you feel like it, it can be difficult to? almost travel back into that headspace with playing some of those tunes absolutely yeah i mean a, a few of these things uh i mean this this tour there's been a there's a, a few songs that i don't that i don't do in this stripped down thing just because if when it's me by myself um people uh you it, it changes the energy of a room man like like when i'm if i'm doing a song called tell me something i don't already know that one's that one's one of the heavier ones in the record i mean it's like a therapeutic and when, when i sing it you have to channel back that initial feeling because it's such an emotional tune and like a, i remember i used to play that right after i wrote it and people were like oh are you okay kind of feeling and yeah for, and for this run like uh i kind of wanted to be more more upbeat and positive so there's a few that i've kind of held back on you know has um has being like being vulner vulnerable in front of people and singing tunes from the get-go for you always been something you were pretty comfortable with doing yeah surprisingly yeah i mean um i think it's the most comfortable like uh up on stage I've, if it's like a and sing it, it's like yeah it's i feel the most comfy it's weird man no like, i uh, yeah i th I, I feel like that's that seems to be the case for a lot of people where you're yeah. you're it's, it's like, weird uh, that you're so willing to uh you know open yourself up to all these strangers in the room and maybe yeah. maybe that's part of it you know a lot yeah. of times it is strangers so absolutely you, you, you don't know. have to like maybe have a one-on-one -on -one conversation one -on -one. with yeah, somebody for, where yeah, for sure where it's much harder to uh you know display your feelings or communicate your feelings absolutely yeah yeah do you, do you have any insight on on why that makes more sense to you in, yeah. in the form of a song i don't know you know uh i've always kind of uh held my feelings in i guess and 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 you know this is this is like a, a psychology talk right now i feel like a, like a counseling or something you know uh like and why why is that the case paul like go deeper into yourself it's like well Maybe uh, when I was a kid, you know. I mean, you're on a couch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm on this stool yeah, that's yeah. a little raised. I feel raised like I'm at a therapy session. You know? It's like, <laughs> all right, let me let me go into this, and, well, I, and we're talking to a whole lot of strangers. Too. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. it's a good therapy yeah. session. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's all good, man. 
but I guess that was a uh, you know yeah maybe it was it's the way I was raised it always just kind of kept my my feelings to myself and uh, and I needed to vocalize those some way or another and I felt like in song it wasn't so serious if I came up and said like hey this is how I'm feeling this this and if I wrote it in a song it seemed like I could say it without really saying it you know. Um, and that that was that was a thing where you know my mom used to call me. She still calls me all the time. And says, you know, how are you? How you doing? And I remember uh, I was always, yeah, everything's great, this and that. And she was like, uh, send me your newest song, and that's how I know exactly how you are. Yeah. Uh, and it's the truth. It's like, oh well, shit. If I send you my newest one, then you're gonna know all my secrets. You know, Absolutely, you're man. gonna know that I'm actually not cozy and like I'm struggling here in these things. You know. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it's always been it's. You know, always since I picked up that guitar, uh, you know, when I was a 15 year old kid, and I always just loved music, you know? Yeah. yeah. It seems like the universe is just kind of like, and anytime I think about like doing something else, it just keeps coming back around and saying, like, nah, keep going, man. You know, you're almost there, whatever that means, you know? Yeah, I appreciate the fuck out of the, the honesty and the vulnerability behind it, man. Like, that's Thanks, definitely man. what like drew me in from the get go and. You know, it is definitely one of those records that, that you listen to and, and it'll make you think about some people you might not <laughs> yeah. want to think about or, course, or like it'll, yeah. it'll yeah, it'll raise some feelings within yeah. you. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, just admire that, that so much Thank and you, that, uh, that Once You Were Mine song is, is one of my favorite tunes on the record, cool. um, not just for the lyrical content, but just that song from the get-go kind of gives me those Van Morrison vibes. Absolutely, man. When we when I wrote it, that was kind of the the vibe. Uh, you know, I wanted to make a record that sounded like Van Morrison uh, at one point. And 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 once you remind, there's a few that were like kind of the Van. I felt like I, I felt like in making this record, I made like four or five records, and then like I, I took like the. So there's a song called "Come On" and a song called "Once You Remind" that are very Van Morrison. He feels man on the record, and uh, and, and I thought that any other production on that kind of song wouldn't do it justice. I was like, this is a song that needs horns and needs Gotta to have be the horns. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like, this is how it's supposed to sound, you know? Uh, and yeah, that, that was one of those ones. Yeah, probably one of the saddest tunes I've ever written. But like, uh, I feel like when you bring in those horns and stuff, it gives it a little bit more of a, a positive energy as, as opposed to when you see me play it tonight, especially when it was real fresh. It, it was one of those like, shit, man, hopefully you're, you're cool, man. And every word in that song is real too. You know, I've, I got the tattoos on my hand. I'm talking about you. Know? Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing about like that soul in R&B music <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. like a lot of times there are those those horns that make it like oh, yeah, this dude. warm feel, Tasty, and they're just like, man. but they're also just yeah, in talking about things being in agony and yeah, and, yeah, and some great, real man, uh, heavy I, hitting shit. I love man, I love having horns. I, I, I'm just like I said, I'm doing solo tonight, but on occasion. I'll do festivals or something and get to bring the horn players out. And, oh, man. Yeah, it's so nice. Fuck dude. yeah, man. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, uh, a few years back, you you made a guest appearance on, on one of my favorite shows of all time, which is Parenthood. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I was on Parenthood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that experience man, like for you, man? Because you got to be... You got to be around my the love of my life that doesn't know that is oh, the love is of my it? life, who? which is Mae Whitman. Oh dude. man, like, May is such <laughs> I'm a so in, I'm so in love May with Mae Whitman. Mae is the coolest. She doesn't man. know it, but I'm you know I'm hoping that one day you man, know our paths may cross. You, you might know? you might have a chance. She likes musicians, you know. <laughs> like, uh, 
she she is real cool. Like, uh, and all honesty, man, I hadn't talked to her in a while just because, uh, you know, life, you know. But yeah. man, uh, she was real cool to work with. And uh, I remember that day she was she was dating a, a musician. His name was Landon Pig, and he was on set. Uh, and I and this was I wasn't I wasn't trying to be an actor or anything. I, uh, I, I was saying my ex wife she was an actress, so I was kind of surrounded in that world a little bit. And um, and you're seen as as a musician. It's I'm pretty much playing myself yeah, right. as like a 20 year old. Right. You know, like I I was a dick on the episode at where the like luncheonette. Yeah, at the luncheonette, <laughs> I was like making out with multiple girls and stuff, man. But uh, so, <laughs> but uh, but man, it was it was it was real fun getting to work with you know. Dax and all these I mean it made it easy for me I'd never done any acting before but that was uh you know for some it was my second audition that I'd ever ever done out in LA like a you know saying man I should yeah I would like to do this I'm out here you know and I was watching my girl do it at the time and I was like yeah this seems like it'd be fun and uh the first audition they had me do was uh was Disney's Frozen I wish that one had landed, dude. That yeah, was an epic right, movie, right. Man. Yeah, but I went in for that, and uh, you know, I got like this weird voice, and I was like, man, this is cool. I always would go in and like r- sing a song that I wrote, you know, for these folks, and uh, and I think that's what I did that day. Uh, and for some reason, I got the gig, man. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really fun thing being on set and, and doing that. And it was a big show. People still like recognize me in the airport, like you're the guy from Parenthood. And I'm like, that's the thing. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, it's crazy. But, but yeah, it was a really, really cool to be a part of that, man. Right on, man. I was just curious, just because that that show was a big deal to me. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, dude. If I bump into May anytime soon, yeah. I'll put in the work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> also, yeah, da- sure. Dax has a, a podcast now called the Armchair Expert, which is. Dude, for for listeners listening, that's yeah. that's my like recommendation is that you check out the Armchair Expert because it's it's one of my favorite podcasts awesome, now and, and he he just seems like he's badass, a great man. dude. It was so much fun that day. Yeah, it was one day that we shot that man. But I remember Martina McBride was on. The sh- uh, she was like she was a fan of the show. She was hanging out there that day, and I was just like, man, making TV is weird, dude. This is crazy. Uh, but yeah, man, it was cool. Right on, dude. Um, we're gonna play it out with the the title track to the record to to end things. Um, but I guess just wanted to know what what modern hearts like what that that statement means to you, or or how you kind of came up with that line to to title this record to sail us out here. You know, um, this one came about uh, yeah when I was going through that breakup, man, and I remember. Um, at the time, for me, uh, my my past relationship was very public, man. It was like, uh, you know, I'd go in the grocery store and, you know, be buying groceries. And I was like, ah, there's my girl, you know, making out with some new dude or something like that. You know, it was like one of those things. So I brought in, you know, an idea to a, to a guy in Los Angeles. And he was like, man, I just broke up with my girlfriend, too. And she's posting, like photos on Facebook and all this stuff and I can't get away from it and I was going like man it's not so much our experiences aren't so much like they're the same you know different different things but it's the same feeling an emotional thing and I was like man that's kind of an interesting way to like look at relationships now because like uh any time in the past that wasn't an issue like if I broke up with somebody or if we broke up you didn't have to like deal with it and see it every day it was just like cool like you know, uh, I'll see her when I see her, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I was just like, wow, you can't get away from that stuff. And, and if, and if you, even if you don't want to see it, 
you still have access to see it, and you're yeah. gonna want, and you're like, uh, like I don't want to look at it, but you're looking at but it. But you, you do, know? <laughs> you, you, you know, you go down those Instagram holes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just a nonstop. And I, and I was kind of going like, man, how do we, how do we get this thought across in a way that's not cheesy? You know, that's not like, oh, I'm checking my feed and my Instagram and Facebook. Oh, she's poking on some, you know, just like the things. And it was like, how do we make this a song that that gives a layer of real depth uh, to the idea of you know what we're talking about without coming across you know corny um and we wrote that song man and that was a song that i that i ended up not wanting for my record well, the way we tracked it was kind of an abonavere uh immigrant heap kind of weird almost a computery vocal that was the demo that we did and it was real cool uh, i gave it away uh for a while ago so you want this song um for your record and I said, man, I don't know if it's for me, but maybe it was just the production aspect of it. And I was writing so much at the time. I said, man, you can t- you could give it to somebody else if you want and pitch it, you know. Um, and I let that song sit uh, for about a, ha- a few months. And then I got a call from the guy and said, hey, just so you know, um, Rihanna heard Modern Hearts. And uh, I think she wants to put it on her record. And I was like, wait, what song? Which one is that? <laughs> uh, and I, and I pulled it back up and was like, oh, my God, yeah, that now I can see it because I'm not in it, you know, in a different light, and it's a great tune. Um, but, to, but you know, fast forward, Rihanna did end up cutting it on the record, and, and, and a few other folks were interested in putting it out, and, and it just didn't make sense. It was like, you know, this song came from, from you know, from my story. I might as well be the person singing on it. And, and even if it's not a huge hit, per se, or whatever, uh, at least it needs to be on the record and then once we once we finish tracking all the songs we kind of sat around and listened to the record top to bottom or, or just you know not top to bottom but we listened to all 14 songs because there wasn't a sequence yet and, and at the end of the week and the guys were like i think the record should be titled modern hearts this kind of sums it up and and i was like damn you're right man and that's and that's how it came across and and you know that's it yeah and you got that that line on that on that song about being stuck into the screen or oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. A cool way to kind of introduce the computer screen yeah, yeah it's yeah, a cool it's way like, to introduce what you're saying like you don't necessarily want to say <laughs> facebook or yeah, something yeah, in some yeah. line yeah. but it is it is also funny like as we you know technology evolves of and course, whatnot yeah. we, we have these like songs where people are talking about text messages of and course. social media now yeah, and yeah. like in the lyrics now it's, so it's, it it's, it's very mu- funny you know yeah, it's in music and i was like my music i'm always trying to make it where it's where it's timeless we're like even when i'm when i'm old i can listen back and go like this still feels good and i think that my, my favorite records are timeless records so that was like i wanted it to be a band i wanted it to feel that way and i was like man if we do this one it's got internet feed in it man that that'll date us you know but at the same time i think it's a beautiful um way of putting it you know right now and it, and it needed to be said so right on paul yeah man um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, uh, it's a program. It's a program. That's Paul McDonald, everybody. Uh, I appreciate the fuck out of this conversation, right on, dude. Brother, this is, you, this is very cool. And, um, I dig your tunes and, and it's, you, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of get some more insight on where they come from. And cool. I appreciate cool. you, uh, your honesty and, and, and just sharing all of this with me. And of course, man. I just encourage people to check out your tunes and I will make sure that, that all the links to, to follow Paul are, are in the episode notes. Cool. And That's it, man. Thank right you so roll, much. Man. We'll yeah. catch you on the flip side, Portland. Yeah, yeah.
You'll always be the last light Shining in my head But I gotta find myself again Before I let you back yeah. I gotta find myself again Before we can be friends And pictures of your new life Are haunting me Yeah, you keep pulling me in from the computer screen Your heart is streaming on my underneath feet Your heart is streaming on my underneath feet And time's what I need To give me a fighting chance to heal Pulling me in from the computer screen Your heart is streaming on my internet You're saying that you need me Yeah, I know that you're in pain But you hurt me so bad and I'm afraid to hurt again Yeah, you hurt me so bad I can't go back there again And baby, is your new life as good as it seems? Or is it just one of the ways you keep fucking with me? Is it all just a lie like it was with me? No such thing as goodbye on the internet And time's what I need To give me a fighting chance to heal It's a program.